Welcome to the Psychology of Case Management podcast, the show that helps you use psychological ideas to strengthen your relationship with your catastrophically injured clients and their professional network, so you can achieve more for your clients and feel more fulfilled in your role. So welcome everyone to the Psychology of Case Management podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about recruitment and trying to understand a little bit about what this is. And in my opinion, um, it's kind of a crucial process in the role of being a, a case manager in personal injury work. But, you know, obviously it's important for our um, personal injury professionals in general, our solicitors, deputies, etc., because we're all trying to maximise those outcomes for our clients. So not just because we know that care is a single biggest component of any high value claim, But really, because a good care package with the right people who provide that consistency of care and support the MDT goals for the clients will ultimately mean better adherence to rehab goals. And I'm also very aware that as a case manager, I've struggled in the past with recruitment. But today I'll be talking to Lara Crombie from Finders Keepers Recruitment, um, who has always been an absolute godsend when it comes to recruitment. And so I absolutely had to have her on the podcast to talk about what it is that she does that makes it work for case management. So Lara, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Shadnam. Thanks for inviting me. And uh, thank you very much for describing me um, as a godsend. I'll I'll take that. Um, Take it. It's true. (laughs) Uh, My company, Finders Keepers Recruitment, we specialise in the recruitment of carers and support workers for personal injury clients. We work with case managers and deputies, the clients themselves and indeed their families to, to achieve that goal. Yeah, no, and that's that's exactly why we come to you. You are a real niche, aren't you, in this recruitment world, which I, I've got to say, I hadn't realised that it makes a difference. I thought recruitment was a case of just going to anyone who can provide, uh, you know, a recruitment process to find someone for our clients. I didn't think that it needed that element of nicheism, if that's indeed a word. <laughs> well, it's a good word. I like it. Um, <laughs> yes, I think um, we are a niche um, company. That's absolutely right. Um, and our specialism is in recruiting for adults and children who might have conditions such as cerebral palsy, acquired brain injuries, a variety of complex needs. Um, We understand that client group from our experience of working with them. We understand their needs, the needs of their families, and we also understand the needs and requirements of the case managers and the deputies um, that we work with. We only work in the care sector um, because we feel that that's where our expertise and knowledge is, is best utilised. And um, we find when we talk to the case managers and deputies we work with, that they get a very different experience working with a company like ours rather than a more generic recruitment company because we understand the sector and we understand the dynamics involved. Mm. Context is key. I think that's my new favourite phrase, but I really think understanding that litigation context just helps navigate the priorities and the, you know, what is needed overall 
in recruitment because it isn't just about placing someone in a job it's so much more than that isn't it and you know that because this is your niche yeah absolutely um you know and, and we understand um the litigation process as well in in a way that you may not get with a more generic company yeah. and we understand the fact that um sometimes it's very important to build a care team very quickly um, mm. the litigation process but more than that it's important to build a sustainable care team um, yeah. because of, of, of the cost implications there yeah I mean I, I always think recruitment as a case manager is still a little bit mis- a bit of a mystery to me um, and I don't really know how you do it and I, I've got a sneaky suspicion I may not be the only one um, I'm wondering if you could run us through kind of the process if you like of recruitment and I guess within that, what it is that is unique, I guess, to the, the litigation context. So I think what, what we do um, that, that doesn't always happen in, in, uh, in all cases with recruitment is we take time at the very beginning of the process to get to know and understand our clients and their families. Um, and we need to know um, what's really important to them um, in recruiting carers. Mm. So um, often we will work with the case manager on that. But often family members, um, particularly where the client is a child, very much like to be involved. And um, we have to build that into the process because um, ultimately the parents will decide whether or not they want to um, recruit a candidate that we put forward. So we need to understand exactly what they're looking for um, Mm. and, um, and, and work on that. And and the conversations that we have with the case managers and the families really help us to understand what they're looking for. And we often find that it's great to have specific experience in certain areas, but more often um, than not, it's the aptitude and the attitude of the person. That's the most important thing um, alongside the fit with the family. Oh, God, you've literally... For me, that is so true. There's something about sort of values and um, kind of general um, sort of personality, if you like, that is so crucial. But they, they're really hard to measure. Yeah, um, that, that's really true. I mean, um, you know, we, we would work with the family and the case manager on a job description, a person specification and an advert using um, the, the knowledge and experience we've acquired over the years. But often it's about the, the psychological qualities or the attitudes of the candidates. That's the most important thing. And I suppose we're looking for people who've got a can-do attitude. They're willing to learn. They're empathetic. They'll, they'll fit with the particular family or, or client. Um, they're flexible. They understand um, all of the issues around working in a family home, which might be different from um, experience they, they may have had previously of working in a care home, for example. And often um, one of the things families say to us is that they want someone with a sense of humour and a sense of fun. And, and that you can only really get to that by, by having a, a conversation with the person. You know, you can't get that from looking at a CV. No. I mean, as a psychologist, of course, I would say, I wonder if there are any psychometrics out there that might be valuable. And I'm, I'm actually curious. Um, I don't think I've ever asked you this before. Is there a role for psychometrics, you know, 
I don't mean like the ones that, you know, the sorts of corp- big corporation might use, Maya Briggs or something like this. But I'm just curious as to, to whether that's ever been something that seems appropriate in the, our line of work in, in this litigation context. Yeah, I, th- I think um, the, r- the right um, type of psychometric test could probably be, be a useful tool. Definitely something that I'll have to look into. It's not something that we've used. But I yeah. think the most important thing is just the, um, the feeling that you get with the yeah. conversation that you have with that potential recruit. Um, you, you get a vibe from them, a feeling about them and their personality and their values. And I think that's best picked up probably in a, in a conversation. So there's something about intuition, intuition and being intuitive about a sense of that person, as opposed to it being a hard science, really. I think that's absolutely true. You know, you can, you can write a great um, job description and person spec, and the person can, in theory, tick all the boxes, but if they don't have the right personality that fits with the client and their family, it's not going to be a sustainable placement. Mm, no, that's that's very true. I'm just thinking um, when you talk about sort of intuition and kind of getting a feel for them and doing that through conversations and, of course, interviews as well. I'm interested in what you might say about what the uh, interviewers, if you like, um, bring to that process. Because sometimes I think recruitment is always seem deemed to be something that is done effectively to other people. Um, so you are looking for other people um, and that those people have to be the right people for this job that you've described. But the, the match and the fit is a perception thing. And the perception is is in the you know in in the perceivers you know that's that's a process within within the perceiver so as a case manager as a family member um we're going to bring our own needs our own biases our own you know our own preferences to that analysis that 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 will feed into obviously our intuition as to whether this person is going to be a good fit or not and i'm just wondering if that is something that you've come across, I know I have, um, but I'm wondering if it's something that you have come across as well. Yeah, very much so. Um, I mean, I think unconscious bias is something that my business partner, Amanda, and I have have discussed, and it's something we try to be aware of when we're um, carrying out um, our screening interviews with candidates. Um, But I've also come across this um, in some of the families that we're recruiting for and um, I feel you know sometimes it's our role particularly when we are we have developed a more personal relationship and we're working more directly with the family members to Mm. challenge some of their views you know sometimes for an example they they may have perceptions about genders of carers and a preference towards a particular gender and um, it, it, it's our role, I feel, to try to challenge that yeah. um, and um, see whether whether or not we can persuade them that, you know, that they should be looking at the personal qualities and the um, skills and experience and aptitude and attitude. They're what's important. Um, it, it's not, for example, the gender of the person. Um, or indeed the race. Absolutely, um, yes. Uh, the race one I find really tricky, I have to say. 
I've been in a situation where a, a client has basically said, I don't want anyone who is of color. And yeah. I'm, you know, we all know I'm brown. Um, and that I just find it like it's such a strong belief and desire that it even the, the, the sensitivity of saying that in front of someone who is of color. Um, really, uh, it puts me in a, it put me in a very uncomfortable position, I have to say, but ultimately they're racist. <laughs> and what then I had to do with that was probably another story for another podcast. But, uh, you know, I guess we get put in uncomfortable positions in our roles, you as a re- in recruitment, me in as a case manager. And of course, how we then feed that back to our solicitor and um, deputy counterparts is really um, it, it's all it's got to be something that we as a profession have to uphold or as a group of professions have to uphold and say, actually, we don't, you know, isms are not some is not a, there's no place for that here. But no. it's really tough when you said earlier that it's about getting people in quickly and getting the right fit. And actually, if someone is racist, you know, where then do you go with that? The good fit is not to have someone of colour for them, actually, or to have a male or female where they want um, the opposite. It, it, you know, and so it's really tricky. And I think the the impact that has on on us as professionals is is profound. And like I say, probably another discussion for another another podcast. But it's um, thanks for raising that. Thank the, the the unconscious bias element. I think is is really really um, important and something we all ought to be probably quite thoughtful about. But you know what? I digress. I, I asked you about what the recruitment process was, and then I've gone off on a mad tangent. Bring it. Let's bring it back. So you you said about getting that fit and about the attitude and the and the attitude and writing job descriptions and 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 adverts etc. to attract the best candidates. Tell me tell me what you then do after that. Once we've uh, got to the point where we've got a job description, we've got a person specification, we have an advert, and we we uh, just just one thing to add about the adverts we. Uh, don't um, use um, only traditional methods to try to attract candidates. Um, we're very active on um, social media, and we've we've had some really good results from from using that. When you say traditional, do you mean like adverts on, uh, like in a newspaper, or, or I don't know, do people do that? Um, um, very occasionally these days, um, newspaper advertising is actually pretty expensive. Um, and uh, not hugely effective in in my opinion. But um, I think for a long time, many recruiters have relied on just putting an advert on one of the um, well-known job boards um, and leaving it there. Mm. And, you know, you can be lucky and find candidates that way. And that's that's one of the methods we use. Mm. Um, increasingly, social media. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> and, you know, people will be looking at that perhaps in the evening and see something that appeals to them that they wouldn't have actually gone to look for a job as such, but they just see it and think, oh, that sounds interesting. I'll, I'll ping a message across to this person and find out more about it. And that that can work really well. So would you say that there's, um, and this is again, probably veering off a little bit, so forgive me, but is it, it isn't a case then of people saying, right, I need a job, waking up and then doing a, a hard search. That's part of, you know, the, some of the candidates that come, come through that route, but actually it's just, Per, you know by chance because that's kind of how people 
acquire knowledge and information these days. It's through those social media channels. And so it is just a case of um, far and wide. And if someone perchance sees that advert and applies, it doesn't make them any less um, suitable necessarily than someone who's come with a, you know, from from that more, I don't know, traditional, as you say, um, route into, in, you know, into an interview or at least applying for a job. No, definitely not, Shabnam. And we find that good candidates come through all different sorts of routes. And that mm. might even be, you know, sometimes, um, well, in pre-COVID days, we would do things, for example, like provide a poster that could be put up in local community centres. Mm. Sometimes somebody might see that and just think, oh, that sounds an interesting job, particularly as many of the care jobs are often part time. So people yeah. might see that and think, oh, those hours will work with me around my other commitments um, and they'll, they'll go for it but certainly doesn't make them any less valuable or um, any less good candidates than people who have come through a more traditional job of, of, you know, a a route of seeing a job advertised on a job board and then sending in their CV. Mm. And is that the best way for people to express their interest in a job is through their CV or is a tailored application form considered, um, Um, you know, a good way? We'll often look at CVs at the first point, but I think something that we're very aware of is great carers don't always have great CVs or any kind of CV, in fact. Interesting. Sometimes we will interview somebody if we get a feeling that they are a suitable candidate and have the qualities we're looking for. And they might not have a CV at that point, um, in which case um, we'll have an initial chat with them. And if we want to pursue it, we'll ask them to fill in an application form. And we, we get them to fill in a, a form later in, on in the process, even if they do have a CV, because um, we'll be asking for certain information that we'll need later on as they move through the process. OK, yeah, no, that, that's helpful. Thank you. So what then? We do screening interviews um, with people that we think are, are suitable. Beforehand, we, we will draw up a list of questions that we want to ask them um, about their skills and experience and general attitude and aptitude for the role. Clients often say to us that they like carers who are bubbly and have got a sense of humour. So, you know, we might have a little bit of banter with them to sort of check that out. They're they're quite informal events, our screening interviews, because we want the person to be as relaxed as possible um, so that they'll reveal as much of themselves as as they can. And and then we get a really good feel for for them um, and and whether they'll be a good fit for the client. Plus, we find people often apply for jobs without fully reading the advert. So maybe Mm -hmm. they can't actually work the hours that we need them to work. Or maybe it says in the advert that the family have got a cat and they don't like animals. So um, all those sorts of things come out in an interview. And this means that by the time we're ready to put those people forward to the case managers and or families of the clients, we have got a pretty good idea that they will be a good fit for the role. And many of the case managers that we work with regularly They say to us, you know, if you're happy with someone, just put them forward and we'll arrange an interview. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, if if you're happy, we're happy. 
Um, mm. and, and so that's that's how we get on to that stage. And that's the first time that you would be feeding back to the case managers in the event that um, the process has been smooth up to that, you know, up to that point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you guys are busy people. We know that. So once we've we've done all the background work and we have all the information we need from you and we've placed the advert and we've started the process, you know, we might send you um, a quick email to give you an update. Um, You know, you know, tomorrow we've got four people to interview. But other than that, we, we don't bother you at that stage until we've got some candidates to put forward to you. And then we'll work with you to arrange the interviews, um, you know, set everything up for you, check that the candidate can, is still planning on attending um, the day before um, or even the day of, depending on the time. And, you know, make sure that all of those things are, are in order. Yeah, oh God, and that is such a godsend, <laughs> I have to say. Um, I remember uh, recruiting in the early days when I worked for a, a bigger organisation before I, I kind of developed my my own sort of version of, of all of this case management work and uh, just how complicated that got. I'm not, I don't have an administration brain, an administrator type brain. I don't, you know, I know where my strengths are and that's not it. So um, it's always uh, really helpful that that is something that you organise um, and you just basically send a timetable basically don't you saying this time this place you know be there (laughs) and here's some information about them oh it's it's such it's such um, a weight off my mind certainly on average if you can say how long from the moment that we instruct you and say right we've we've had all the funding um, approved and we're good to go Lara let's run with it to the point of saying, right, we now have X number of candidates having gone through this vetting process that you have just described. How long could that be? Maybe a range rather than an average might make more sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so many variable factors. Mm. um, I think the most time-consuming part of the job is probably the the beginning bit from from Mm. the engagement so once we're engaged by um, usually the, the deputy, at that point, then we'll, we'll start working with the case manager on the advert, the job description, the person specification. And, you know, how quickly that works will depend on um, other commitments that the case manager has going on at the time and also how involved family members want to be. Um, you know, that, that can sort of add some time on. But generally, um, from the point where the adverts um, have gone live on the various platforms that we use, we would say um, an average of about 10 days till um, we're saying to you, these are the five candidates we've got to put forward to you and and let's let's arrange the interviews. That's quick. That's fast work. And I know, obviously, I know because this has been my experience, your experience with me, I'm sure where that's obviously one variable is how quickly a case manager will respond to, you know, that job description, the job adverts and all that paperwork side of things. And obviously some of that has to be checked over by the um, the deputies in some cases, it, not always. But the paperwork element I find really stressful. You make it a lot easier, I have to say, but I do find that because the job description is, it's not just something to attract people to the job. It has ramifications. 
The whole contract is based on the job description. If there is any dispute about the job role, it will come back to that document, not so much the advert, but certainly the job description and the person specification documents. And that's the bit that uh, I can be a little bit avoidant if I'm honest. And I think you know that um, from working with me, that I, I, I'm, I'm a lot better at it now. But there was a time where I just thought this isn't just I, 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 I didn't really understand the implications of it. Now I do. I, I feel the pressure of it. And do you define as keepers? Is it just because of me or is this part of the, pre- the service that you offer? But you coach us through, if you like, that element of it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's um it's a really important element of, of, of the whole process to get right, but mm. it is time consuming, or it can be initially. Um, but some some of our case managers we work with will have a great job description that doesn't need anything very much doing to it, and, and others need need more work. But of course, once we've worked on something with one client, then um we have a basis of something that we can tweak certain elements for other clients and the same with the deputies you know um and 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 that goes with with contracts as well sort of you know mm-hmm. later on in the process you know once we we've done a contract for one member of staff and that's been approved by the case manager and the deputy then then we've got a template that we can use for other people within that team when they come on board yeah and i suppose that's where your niche market comes in because you obviously are borrowing information from all you know the whole of your caseloads and being you know uh, presumably you know any one job description is going to benefit from the learnings of your the recruitment process with other clients as well and so you've become really quite expert at recruiting in our in in this domain in this in this um, field. Absolutely. And, and we also have um, an HR associate who works with us um, yes. as keepers so that if there are any particular um, queries that need real expertise, you know, from an HR perspective, we have her, her there to help us with it. Um, yeah. Or, you know, things like problems that occur within teams. You need if, if you have an issue in the team, it needs to be sorted out quickly um, yeah. and, and correctly. Um, yeah. And um, and uh, she can work with with people on that, you know, and, and get things resolved very, very speedily. Yeah, that's amazing. So you are a, a sort of one stop shop in that sense from recruitment through to sort of HR team management matters. Yes, yes. And when um, we've we've made a successful uh, recruitment um, of a candidate, we can work with them um, and with the case manager to do all of the onboarding work um, in yeah. terms of all the checks that need to be carried out, sending an offer letter sending a contract liaison with the deputy, um, liaison with payroll, all of those things. And we find that um, when we do work um, on on that um, with candidates, it's helpful because we've already built up a bit of a relationship with them. And sometimes some candidates can be a little tricky, shall we say, to get what you need from them. And we, you know, because we have that relationship, it's easier to call them up and, you know, get them on board with providing all of that information so we can get the offer letter off and then get the contract off. Yeah. Again, it just makes life 
so much easier. So we as case managers and solicitors and deputies can focus on the other aspects. Once someone's on board, how to train them and all that kind of stuff, yes. we can focus on that, knowing that the recruitment and onboarding is, is kind of in hand, really. There are different stages in the process, but we're, we're kind of, um, work, we'll work through all of them with you. We'll always yeah. keep you informed about what's going on without overburdening you with unnecessary information that you don't need at a particular stage in the process. Um, and I think, you know, we, we understand um, as recruiters in this, in this sector that a good care team is critical to the case manager, the deputy and the professionals involved in them better being able to meet their clients' rehab outcomes. The care team are the cornerstone, really, I think. Mm. And, so good um, to hear you say that. Yeah. <laughs> it really is, because it's true. And, you know, it's really important that, you know, the people that we've got recruiting understand that. So it's brilliant that you say that. Yeah, and it's it's not only about finding people for our clients. It's it's ensuring that they're going to stay. Or yeah, retaining. As far as we mm. can. And our tagline um, at Finders Keepers is finding your keepers. Oh, uh, nice. I didn't even notice that. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> we, we, must, we need to make it more prominent, clearly. Um, but, but we understand that, you know, if you have a sustainable job placement, that better facilitates the work that 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 you're doing and that the deputies are doing um, and, and ultimately is is better for the client yeah oh, 100% 100% so what are the pitfalls that we can come across so we've talked about all the lovely version of how recruitment could go but we all know <laughs> that there are parts that just aren't as smooth and there are aspects that perhaps you know that make your job that bit harder that perhaps we as case managers need to maybe understand yeah, I, I think probably um, the, the key thing is that um, sometimes case managers and, and families feel that they've worked with agencies or companies in the past that haven't delivered for them. So we're up against it in, in trying to persuade them um, that, that we're different. And we hear things like, you know, too expensive, um, mm. They didn't understand the brief. They didn't put forward suitable candidates. Often, if they've gone to a larger company, every time they phone up, they're speaking to someone different who might not know the background. Whereas, uh, you know, there, there's there's just two of us working on the recruitment, so both of us know exactly what's going on. So if you get either of us, you'll you know you, you can feel confident um, that we'll be able to to work with you. Mm. Yeah, a I, bit I, like um, estate agents I think sometimes you know recruitment and HR it's, it's a bit like you can't sort of you kind of need them but you don't always trust them maybe yeah I don't absolutely. know maybe that's a bit harsh yeah, to say yeah. but recruiters often get a bit of a, um, a bad press um, yeah, yeah yeah for sure for sure and one thing that I I try to understand from the the conversations that we have on these podcasts is what we as case managers and solicitors in the in the PI world um what can we do to facilitate a successful recruitment campaign what three things would you say gosh if every case manager and solicitor did this oh it would just help because for me it's about empowering the system it's not just about you doing your job and somehow magically feeding in although it does feel like magic 
feeding into, you know, the, the needs of this client and how we as case managers, how we as solicitors and deputies can facilitate that process for this shared goal of getting uh, a good fit, sustainable person in the job or people in the job. Um, I think one of the key things, if not the most key thing, is for case managers to put the time in with us at the beginning of the campaign to work with us on, on briefing us about the client's needs, their personality, family dynamics, if that's or mm. pets and anything else that we might need to know, even down to um, dynamics within the existing care team. Um, don't leave anything out. Tell us everything. Yeah. And you're, you're quite good at eliciting that information. At least you are from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, because we, we, we know that, you know, from experience that sometimes if we haven't had a particular piece of information that can come back to bite us later. Mm. Um, and even if it's something that's a bit difficult, perhaps about the client or, or a member of their family, it's better that we know um, yeah. and then, then we can work with that information. Mm, um, very helpful. And then I think the, the other thing is, you know, we, we fully understand how busy you guys as case managers are. But once we've done our screening interviews, please be available to see the candidates we put forward to you quickly. And that mm. can be via Zoom. And, and you know, at the moment with, with COVID often is and usually is. Um, mm. Because if that doesn't happen in, a, in a, a timely way, then we run the risk of losing good candidates. Because if we interview somebody and we think they're good, you can bet that other people would also think they were good and want to mm. make them offer. So we need yep. to kind of get them quickly, as it were. Yeah. And that um, could be within a few days of placing an advert. Yeah, potentially. Much so. Um, okay. You know, I think speed is of the essence and when we place adverts we will get most of our interest within the first few days so you know we need to work quickly um, once we've we've done our telephone screening interview and um, I have to say that um, you guys at SBK are very good about understanding that and working with us You'll just tell us when and then we can we can sort everything out, else out for mm-hmm. you and then just give you a timetable. Um, yeah. but, but that's that's really key. Um, and then I think the final thing I would say is help us to work with your clients and, and their families. Um, sometimes the clients or their families have a really fixed idea in their mind of the carer they're looking for. Um, but if they can be a little flexible in their thinking and we can we can help them to do that, they might find someone who's a really great fit for them, albeit they're different from the idea of the person they originally had in mind. Yeah, no, I can see that. I can see, uh, particularly with the bias question that we, or the, the point that we made earlier, Absolutely. I think, yes, that, you know, that, that comes into to play there. Amazing. Thank you. That's really helpful because I, I think, you know, we are active agents, you know, within that recruitment process. It isn't outsourced and then that's it. We just sit back and, and wait. And I think it, it is very much so a, a partnership um, where you're very much you, you are leading as recruitment. But you, you do need case management and solicitor, I guess, involvement when, when required. Uh, so that's really helpful um, to hear that. So thank you for that. 
So I think we're probably coming to the end of our podcast, which is a shame because there's so many things that I feel like we could talk about. <laughs> but we've got to draw every every good thing has to come to an end. If you were to summarize the whole of this conversation um, for us, what would you say are your sort of points to to kind of summarize everything together and you know kind of take home with us? I would say if you are looking to recruit carers or support workers, use a small niche specialist recruitment company that understands your sector. Be really clear on the needs and requirements and wants of your clients and family and convey that to us. I think it's important to recruit primarily for attitude and aptitude and and bear in mind that skills can be learned and people can be developed but the attitude and aptitude has to be right. And repeat repeat recruiting can be an expensive business. So Mm. ensure at the start of the employment, the expectations of your new recruit are clearly laid out and that training and supervision are planned in. If you do those things, then then they're more likely to, to stay and become a sustainable job placement. Absolutely. Gosh, that's really helpful. Thank you. I feel like a, a, this is this is just a really helpful discussion to to help us shape what goes on in addition to what we directly do as case managers and solicitors, and to, to give us a little insight into kind of what happens behind the scenes, you know, kind of why you do what you do. For me, that's really important. Once I understand the why, you know, I I feel much clearer, and it's much easier to maintain client momentum with recruitment because I think sometimes it can be a bit protracted can't it if it's not as if it's a tricky role that you're trying to apply for if the client has specialist needs so for you know for me I think where we as case managers and, and solicitors are juggling lots of different aspects of the clients you know their needs and their you know their goals and priorities this isn't something that we can wholly outsource because we still need to have an involvement in it and it may not be practical but it certainly would have an emotional element of managing expectations which can only happen from talking to our recruitment agent and you know supporting the family and keeping solicitors and deputies connected with that I mean I find you guys at, at Finders Keepers great with that communication helping us to not even I don't even have to try hard with you guys which I I really appreciate it just sort of just lands on my inbox with a little summary of everything. Um, and if you want to talk about sort of pain points, that's one of my <laughs> pain points, like just wanting to know uh, that the recruitment is going all right because the client is desperate for it. Yeah. Um, so tell us, how do we get hold of you, Lara, and um, your counterpart, Amanda? Okay, well, you can um, look at our website, which is finderskeepersrecruitment.co.uk. You can drop us an email on inquiries at finderskeepersrecruitment.co.uk. You can give me a call 07930-386790. And we'd be very happy to chat to you. Amazing. Are you on social media? It's my favourite place to hang out these days is LinkedIn. I'm not going to pretend. (laughs) <laughs> are you yeah. hanging out where I'm hanging out <laughs> yeah you can find our page on on LinkedIn um under finders keepers recruitment um okay. also um on Twitter and on Facebook sweet 
That's amazing. Thank you once again, Lara Crombie from Finders Keepers Recruitment. Thanks for listening. Thank you very much, Shabnam, for the opportunity. It's been lovely to chat to you this morning. Not at all. And thank you to everyone for listening. Look out for more episodes on everything related to case management and the psychology of. All right. All the best for now. Bye bye. Before you go, if you enjoyed the episode today, I'd really appreciate it if you could rate it on whatever platform you're listening on and share and like on your social media profiles. Word of mouth is the best way for us to grow and to be a continuous resource for all. And if there's any topic you wish for us to cover, please drop us a line on our website. Thank you so much for all your support. 